The CNBC app, global market news in one place. Customizable sections and personalized alerts. Stocks tracking, interactive charts and market insights all in your hands. Stay connected, stay informed. Download the CNBC app today. A very good morning, everybody. Warm welcome to Sportbox this Monday morning. In the headlines this hour, U.S. futures drop briefly hitting limit down after major indices mark their worst week since 2008, with all sectors in bear market territory. Stimulus stalled. President Trump's $2 trillion bailout fails to win Senate approval, as Democrats say it does more for big corporates than the average worker. But Germany looks set to break its no-debt rule with the financial rescue package as Chancellor Angela Merkel goes into quarantine and the government limits social gatherings to two people. We therefore consistently reduce public life and social contacts and we make sure that fundamentally the same rules apply across the country. Italy tightens restrictions as the death toll surges, with the weekend seeing the worst 24 hours of the outbreak so far. Prime Minister Giuseppe Conte warns the impact will be widespread. We are slowing down the productive engine of the country, but we won't stop it. It's not an easy decision, but it's a decision that prepares us to tackle the most severe moment of the contagion. And in corporate news, Airbus withdrawing its four-year guidance due to the volatile situation, but the aerospace giant says it is committed to securing the company's liquidity, even with additional cash requirements. So, very good morning, everybody. Welcome to the programme. Good to have you with us in a times of international crisis. What you want to see is everyone pulling together, burying the hatchet, deciding not to go with the old political partisan behaviour. Hasn't happened in the United States, though, has it? US senators have failed to pass a massive relief package worth nearly $2 trillion to help the US deal with the coronavirus. The bill includes direct payments to Americans, along with loans to small businesses, but negotiators hit a snag over a plan to provide up to $500 billion in aid to large companies, in addition to $50 billion set aside for the airline industry. Senate Democrats called the proposal a, quote, slush fund for giant corporations, while Republicans countered lawmakers should not be haggling over the, quote, finer points of the legislation during a national crisis. President Trump praised the bill, saying it'll help the American economy recover quickly. We're working urgently with Congress on legislation to support the millions of workers, small businesses and industries who have been hit hard by the virus through no fault of their own. Our goal is to get relief to Americans as quickly as possible so that families can get by and small businesses can keep workers on the payroll. Uh, this will help our economy and you will see our economy skyrocket once this is over, I think it's going to skyrocket. It's a it's a pent up demand. It's a built up demand. And uh, I guess you really have to say who knows. But I think it's going to be a tremendous day when we 
win this war and we will win the war. The big question is whether stimulus is enough for investors to put a toe back in the water at this stage and on Wall Street all lies on how the market will trade today. What we have seen early on, S&P 500 futures did dive 5% of the open to be limit down. They've been trimming some of those losses though as we've been moving through the early part of the European session now and you can see still in the red but uh, trimming some of those positions. 97 down the implied open on the S&P 500. Still 800 odd points off the Dow which is a fairly mighty move and the Nasdaq are lower. So it does suggest a continuation of the reading that we've seen. Again, stimulus, uh, some of the hopes that investors are looking for. Is it enough to try and move the needle on any form of a recovery? Some of the forecasts now are starting to unwind as well. If you look at what was uh, Morgan Stanley's latest warning around the deterioration in the economy because of COVID-19, they're talking about big damage to the global economy. They expect global growth to dip to levels around the global financial crisis lows. But when it comes to the US growth, it could be the lowest in 74 years this year. So the data very much being watched as we get another set of US jobless claims this week. There's a feeling they could balloon to 750,000 positions, maybe more than a million. So Wall Street's going to have, have to weather some of those numbers this week. And you can see the extent of the losses Friday session as we wrapped up shop. Uh, 400% coming off the likes of the Dow and the S&P. The Nasdaq down 3.7%. But what we had, the worst trading week since 2008. And when it comes to the Dow over the course of the week, the worst weekly point loss it's witnessed ever. So very deep pain points still being felt on these major markets. Oil, it has been a contributing factor as well. Huge oscillations in recent sessions. Energy has been the worst performer for the month. It's been down 44 odd percent over the course of the month. And for the week, when it comes to WTI, it's worst trading week since 1991. The extent of losses over the week, about 29%. You can see morning session, we are traveling lower on WTI, down 22 at $22.93. Actually, 1.3% higher as a starting point versus Brent, which is down 23 but still much lower levels than what we have witnessed, of course, in recent times. Let me take you to those Asian markets where many stock markets are trading mostly lower after countries in the region announced increased travel restrictions. I don't wonder how much further they could have gone, but Singapore and Taiwan have blocked passengers from transiting through their airports. New Zealand and Australia have unveiled tighter lockdown rules and a bit to curb the outbreak. Emirates Airline will temporarily suspend most passenger flights by midweek and across on those Asian markets. You can see a red pop of green actually for the Japanese stock market. The rest of the market's traveling in the red, Jeff. Uh, Carol, thank you very much indeed. Uh, chief executives from US Airlines have warned they'll have to furlough workers if the aid package from Congress doesn't include both loans and payroll protection grants. In a letter, the CEOs of American, Delta, Southwest and others said, quote, time is running out. They added that draconian measures could be temporarily avoided if the rescue package is passed quickly. Michael Yoshikami joins us, founder and CEO of Destination Wealth Management. And Steve is with us this morning from Piccadilly in the heart of London. Good morning, Steve. Michael, let's, um, let's come to you first here. Can I just get some reaction from you on the, um, the fact uh, that Senate now is juggling this hot potato of a bill, but doesn't seem to be recognised the urgency of the need to get money to businesses in America that are suffering now? I think you're going to see, Jeff, that this is going to get resolved tomorrow. As you probably know, um, uh, uh, Leader McConnell has actually scheduled a vote for 15 minutes after the market opens tomorrow uh, in New York City. And I think that's, that's going to put urgency 
given that the markets are already down in pre-market right now. So I think this is going to get done tomorrow. I would be shocked if they didn't do it tomorrow at the latest Tuesday. Michael, very good morning to you from the heart of uh, what is the West End. There are businesses around me that should be open. In fact, I'm going to show our viewers the, view, the businesses. There are, there are theatres that are shut. There are restaurants that are shut. There are amusements that are shut. There are the banks that are shut. There's Gap, which is shut. Where this is, should be uh, the start of, of the morning rush on a Monday here as well. Michael, how can our viewers, how can your clients buy or sell any company uh, until A, coronavirus has been beaten, and B, we know the real economic ramifications from what's going on? Well, I think it's tough to really go out and take a lot of risk right now. I mean, certainly you, you have some great companies that are on sale right now, but we really don't know what this thing is going to look like until another week or two passes. And that's really going to be the key inflection point here in the United States. Are we going to be Italy or are we going to be South Korea? That really is what it comes down to. So uh, we'll have to see how this plays out. But I think that investors have good reason to be cautious at this point. Uh, companies are, are, are tearing away guidance, as you uh, have mentioned on your program this morning. I think that's going to continue. And, and frankly, um, what's happening here in San Francisco is the exact same thing, Steve. There's just nothing happening. I mean, even Tesla, which for a while was trying to call itself an essential business, is even shutting down production. So it's really at a standstill here uh, in California question about the type of recovery we can expect. I mean, clearly a lot of stimulus thrown at the system. Some don't think it's enough at this point. And if we look at the early days in China where we've seen uh, so the epicenter of the crisis, returning to business as usual has been challenging, even with flights. Uh, they're worried about reinfections. Travelers have to go through certain points so they can be tested. What does this tell us about what we can expect down the track for the United States and other developed markets? Well, I think life is going to change. It would not shock me to see people required to wear masks getting on airplanes going forward. Uh, I think you're going to see a, a recovery, but you're going to see a recovery only in certain industries. I wonder really how can the cruise industry really in, in the end recover. Uh, the travel business is certainly going to be hurt long term. Now, on the other hand, uh, I think the technology is going to bounce back. I think that healthcare is going to bounce back. I think you're going to see some areas of the economy that are going to recover. I think retail sales, maybe not necessarily at places like Gap, like Steve was talking about uh, around the corner from where he is, but you know the Amazons of the world, the Walmarts, the Costcos. I think these companies are going to recover. So uh, the world is going to look different for a while. I don't think it's going to be quite as V-shaped as people think. But I, I also don't believe it's going to be quite a, as long a downturn as people are fearing, uh, assuming that we get better news on the virus front. Michael, can I ask you about strains in the system? Because a number of investors have been too scared to get back into the market. They've been watching the situation that you've seen on bonds. They're very much exhibited there where there's been a strain. And in particular, on you know, Friday session, we saw yields at 1.28% going all the way down to 0.8%, uh, suggesting that investors are still liquidating positions. What do you make of the health of the system at this point? Well, I think the system right now is straining, Karen, as a way I would describe it. But I think the Federal Reserve has taken pretty bold action. Uh, they have billions and billions of dollars they're throwing into the financial system. And uh, they're really stepping up to make sure the money markets are going to be um, stay to keep their uh, dollar value so they don't break the buck. Uh, and I think that you're going to see the Federal Reserve continue to throw its incredible resources at this problem. But there is no doubt the system is straining. I mean, when you have rates go from uh, what they were to zero, and then yields go up, 
something clearly is wrong. And I think that's what the Federal Reserve is trying to mitigate right now with all the liquidity they're pouring into the system. Michael, people are trying to find traditional measures of what stocks look cheap and what stocks look expensive. A few of those measures are going out the window as well, and they've got to be aware of this as well, like dividends and dividend increases, so income problems, buybacks. I just don't see how they can happen as well. And also I want to throw into the mix government ownership and government involvement in individual companies. That's going to be much bigger than many people think, isn't it? Well, first of all, you're absolutely right. Um, Boeing, for example, just cut its dividend. You're going to see other companies, just like during the financial crisis, cut their dividend. So you can't go in and buy these companies uh, using the same metrics that you've used in the past. Uh, Valuations, long-term cash flows, if you can project past what we're involved with right now or what we're dealing with right now, maybe that's a better key. That's kind of the Warren Buffett philosophy. But I I think it's going to be a challenge. Um, I would be very surprised if you went down the road of nationalization here in the United States. Uh, uh, There's been some talk about it, but I think more you're going to see loan guarantees rather than actual nationalization. I just don't think the United States is going to go down that path. Uh, Michael, can I just put you uh, get you to put your financial planning hat on? Uh, you've got over three decades um, in, in this particular area. There are going to be a lot of seniors, a lot of people who are in the last 10 years of uh, their working careers who are wondering what they should be doing at this point. They are sat on equity portfolios that are down 20 to 30 percent right now. What advice are you giving to your clients who are in that age range, who are thinking very hard about how they manage here into retirement? You know, Jeff, I'm so glad you asked that question. You know, time horizon is really dependent on when you're going to use the money. Let's say you're five years till retirement. You're sitting out there. You're really scared. Your portfolio is down 20% because of however you've invested. And now you think in five years, if I'm down 20% now, what's it going to look like in five years? Well, you know what's going to happen in five years? you're not going to pull all your money out in five years. You're going to pull out a small fraction of your portfolio, maybe the dividends, maybe 2%, 3%, 4% of your portfolio. In other words, the vast portion of your investment strategy is going to be for even a longer period of time, maybe not five years, maybe seven years, 10 years, 12 years, 15 years. So for that reason, you don't want to panic You want to be careful the closer you get to retirement. But remember, the day you retire is not the day you start using all your money. That money is stretched out over your lifetime, which hopefully will be a lot longer than that five-year time horizon. Great advice, Michael. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Michael Yoshikami, founder and CEO of Destination Wealth Management. And German Chancellor Angela Merkel has gone into quarantine after an appointment with a doctor who later tested positive for coronavirus. The 65-year-old Chancellor will continue to work from home until she's tested. Before quarantining herself, Chancellor Merkel announced new restrictions on social interaction, limiting meetings to just two people. The federal government and the federal states have therefore today agreed to extend the guidelines regarding the behavior and freedom of movement, which are applicable to everyone. We therefore consistently reduce public life and social contacts, and we make sure that fundamentally the same rules apply across the country. 
And Germany is today expected to announce a number of fiscal rescue measures, including a supplementary budget and a bailout fund of up to 500 billion euros. It will also involve raising new debt going against Berlin's so-called Black Zero policy, committed to a balanced budget. Let's get out to Annette for more on the phone, phone from Frankfurt. Annette, I want to ask you first up how the Germans are adopting some of the new measures around social gatherings, because here in London over the weekend, people were out and about, and the two-metre distance rule that was advised was certainly ignored by a lot of people. So how are the Germans digesting the latest measures? Well, actually, Germans are now obeying to these rules. Um, I actually think that you're just one week behind us because the weekend before, Germans also still took to the streets, went to coffee shops, etc. Now it's really empty out there on the streets. Nothing is open anymore. Restaurants are closed. And also the social ban, which came into force now by yesterday, there are also penalties here involved. And that's a new thing for Germans as well. So this is serious. Angela Merkel yesterday, uh, when she's spoke to the press and to the general public was saying these are rules. It's not just a recommendation. You have to stick to those rules in order to rein in the spread of the virus. It's really serious. And uh, with the announcement that she also is on quarantine now, it, it, I think it, it's getting more and more, um, yeah, quite, uh, it, it's getting more clear to everybody in Germany that you really have to stick to these rules. Otherwise, even our very generous healthcare system will be overburdened by the sheer size of people who needs to have treatment. We have 28,000 beds in intensive care that compares to, to just 4,000 in Italy. But still, if you think if you let the virus spread, then the estimations are uh, that we could have some 100,000 people infected who would need to have uh, intensive care by the end of April. And that's why um, Angela Merkel and um, some other scientists are really appealing to the general public to stay at home and to stick to these rules. Otherwise, we could face uh, similar uh, scenes here in Germany like we're seeing them in Italy. Let me bring you up to speed with that rescue package. It's, it's gigantic. If you add it all together, it comes to 1.2 billion uh, a trillion euro, I should say, um, if you add that all together, because we are talking about um, a uh, yeah, economic stabilization fund of 200 billion euro. Then we have another in that fund, another guarantees of 400 billion euros. On top of that comes another guarantee scheme from the state-owned bank KFW, which essentially gives out loans without interest to um, big, also big companies. We're talking talking about equity stakes in that uh, economic stabilization fund. And also, uh, Peter Altmaier, the economy minister, was making pretty clear yesterday on public TV that we also are going to defend our companies after the crisis against uh, foreign takeovers, which um, if they are not wanted. So I guess they are fencing Germany um, now with a gigantic fund and um, they will also give liquidity to small and medium sized companies just um, as a cash premium in order to keep them afloat. With that, back to you. Annette, thank you very much for running us through the latest out of Germany. Uh, still to come on the programme, Italy announces new restrictions after a sharp rise in the death toll due to the virus. More on that story when we come back. And amid all the market volatility, you can catch the latest from Squawkbox on our podcast. Head to cnbc.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Have a listen and download today's episode.
If you enjoy Squawk Box Europe, check out the Brave Ones podcast. The series explores the rise of some of the world's most successful entrepreneurs. Through exclusive interviews with family, friends and colleagues, the Brave Ones podcast features stories of determination, resilience and ingenuity. Available on Apple Podcast, Spotify and Google Play. The Brave Ones podcast presented by Credit Suisse. Italy has banned internal travel in another attempt to slow the spread of coronavirus. The death toll surged past 5,000 over the weekend. Prime Minister Giuseppe Conte described the measures as necessary. We are slowing down the productive engine of the country, but we won't stop it. It's not an easy decision, but it's a decision that prepares us to tackle the most severe moment of the contagion. This decision is necessary today in order to contain the spreading of the epidemic as much as possible. The health emergency, as we foresaw, is turning into a full economic emergency. But I want to say to all of you that the state is here, the state is present. The government will take extraordinary measures that will allow us to stand up again and restart as soon as possible. And let's go to Claudia for more from Milan. Claudia, when we caught up on Friday, you were walking us through different ways that many Italians were still flouting the rules. Now, the measures have been stepped up. So just give us a sense of how strong these measures will be versus what we've been seeing on the ground in Italy. Well, as you noted on Friday, there was talk about stepping up on these measures. And sure enough, the numbers that came out on Friday and Saturday did push the government to come out with an announcement on Saturday evening at 11 p.m. saying that they were going to step up, in fact, these measures. So there's less singing from the balconies here. And the daily appointment is now that uh, 1800 CET update from the Civil Protection Agency that really just sent people spiraling with 651 uh, deaths yesterday, luckily declining from that number that was just horrific on Saturday, which was 793 deaths. Uh, 627 on Friday. So this really just did bring everyone to better understand that more needed to be done. So the decision did come, but after much confusion, and now people are scrambling still today to try and understand who can work and who can not. So food, medical, pharmaceutical industries are going to keep open. So the likes of companies like Barilla and Ferrero will continue to work. Uh, the question is, where do you draw the line? Because some people, some companies are also, of course, uh, suppliers to these food and pharmaceutical and medical companies. Companies, though, like FCA and Luxottica, the eyewear producer, will halt their production. So will companies in the textile sector like Gucci, Moncler, and Prada are all closing down their factories. Companies like Pirelli and Brembo making uh, components for the car industry that now have tried to transform their production to do things uh, to produce uh, pieces that are necessary for the medical industry are closing their companies sanitizing and reorganizing to work under appropriate safety conditions. Now, clearly the stress is on the one hand uh, by businesses to be able to keep working uh, on the other unions that are trying to guarantee safe conditions for their workers. So it's a delicate balance that they're trying to strike between not shutting down the economy entirely, as you were hearing uh, the prime minister say just moments ago, and of course, saving lives. So in general, uh, the streets are, there are more controls uh, that have been put into place with army uh, officials and police officials circling the streets. So clearly this weekend, you could really feel the stepping up. Uh, grocery stores were empty with concerns that even the food supplies would be reduced. Uh, but now those uh, seem to be, those nerves seem to have been calmed by the fact that the food sector will continue. 
so it's too early to say, of course, whether the Italian model is working. The jury is still out. Some say we need more testing because the numbers are concerning uh, because since you're not doing a lot of tests, the uh, number of fatalities, of course, seems higher than it would if you were doing more testing. So there's a lot going on, uh, a lot of, of uh, thin nerves, as you could say, uh, while you're trying to find that delicate balance, again, of keeping the economy going and saving lives. Karen? Claudia, thank you very much for giving us the latest. Uh, Claudia Pensotti from Class CNBC with us. Uh, let's talk about the situation in Spain. The Prime Minister, Pedro Sanchez, has called for an EU Marshall Plan to help fight the spread of coronavirus. Sanchez said the EU should issue pan-European bonds to help countries in the fight against the pandemic. He also announced plans to extend the lockdown in Spain for another, another 15 days as the country's death toll soared to 1,720. Sanchez warned the, quote, worst is yet to come and that the nation needs to prepare psychologically. Let's catch up with the situation in both Spain and France with Charlotte, who joins us on the line. Yes, the, the Spanish Prime Minister uh, Sambo addressed uh, this weekend, uh, warning the country that the worst is yet to come. That was after the numbers came of deaths uh, rise by 25% between Saturday and Sunday to reach 1,720. That address said that the country needs to prepare itself emotionally and psychologically for very hard days ahead. Um, and as you say, he mentioned for a Marshall Plan to come and help uh, in an investment program to mitigate uh, the impact uh, on the economy of this crisis. Um, and there's also announcing further measures where the country is going to stop all entries from foreigners by air or sea for 30 days to try to help and contain the epidemic. Of course, you know that the U.S. closed its external borders, the Spain making its own effort uh, within its country, closing uh, access. Uh, Madrid, has been at the, which has been at the very heart of the epidemic, concentrating most cases, they have set up an emergency hospital in the Madrid Exhibition Center, which normally hosts trade fairs, and they've opened about a 1,000 beds uh, for now to host uh, some um, extra um, patients there. And they will host, in the end, when they set up fully, more than 5,000 extra hospital beds to try and deal uh, with the crisis. Another difficult issue here for Spain is that, that 10% of those infected are health workers. And that is here, of course, um, a big concern of the impact of the health community, of course, and the impact on how they can deal with this crisis. So on the back of all this, uh, Pedro Sanchez, the Prime Minister, uh, wants to extend the state of emergency in Spain. Um, in currently for two weeks, he wants to extend it by a further two weeks. Uh, the Parliament should vote this this weekend. He has, you know, votes to, to, to pass this um, for the crisis. And yes, he wants also, like Claudia was mentioning in Spain, they want to increase testing capacity in Spain, more medical equipment, more ventilators and more masks uh, to try and deal with this crisis. We spend the second hardest hit country in Europe after Italy. Thank you for listening to Squawk Box Europe Express. For more market moving news, you can head to cnbc.com. Or join us again on the show with Jeff Cutmore, Steve Sedgwick and Karen Cho. Weekdays on CNBC.